What is up and welcome into the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann, and I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-host. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon legend. He's a Grambling State legend. He played second base for the Tigers back in the day. He was all swack. It's Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. And we've got the NFL Draft analyst, guru, enthusiast, whatever you want to call him. You can catch all his work on NBCSportsChicago.com and the My Team's app. He's Glenn Morgan. He's our GM. Gentlemen, it's been a while. How you guys doing? Been a while. Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, eager. Eager to get back at it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been, man, it's been, been a miss, over a month. A lot, yeah. of, lot, of, lot of stuff yeah. has happened. Summertime. Yes, sir. It, it happens, man. You know, you know, we, we, yeah. we, I think we needed a break too, man. You know, just for us, you know, but, but, but we're back in the saddle here and um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. But let's start off uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Who made some, made some, some, some moves here in the last uh, month since we talked. Uh, I think the most important, obviously, is the uh, re-signing of Zach Levine to the max max deal. Uh, yep. So he's back for five years, um, and I I think you know we we left the season wanting that to happen. Didn't know if it was going to happen because he mm-hmm. wanted you know word was he wanted to uh, actually go through the free agent process. Right um, now he says he didn't, but mm-hmm. I I don't know if I believe that. No, I think but, uh, a little, a little, a little love out there. See what the, see what the, see what the. There's nothing, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I think you know, yeah. every, everybody, you have that right. You know, uh, that that's collectively a bargain for you to to uh, to go through free agency. That's you know, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just glad that he decided to come back uh, to Chicago because I don't, I don't know if there's another uh, uh, another team out there or another situation. That will work yeah. quite like the Bulls for him. New yeah, York I, might have in a weird kind of way. Who? New York Knicks. The Knicks. The Knicks. In terms of, granted, it's you're in a tough spot because that division is pretty tough. But in terms of more notoriety, dancing his brand a little bit, New York landing a a legitimate All Star. Um, you never know what him being there might do in terms of attracting other talent. They may see that okay, the Knicks are for real, or the Knicks are going in this direction. Um, I don't but, think the Knicks was ever even on the radar, though. No, I mean they may not have been. But I'm just saying, as far as like what you're saying, like I don't where where else does he fit where he can come in and be the guy, and it advances his brand, and he doesn't, he doesn't, you know. It, I, I can get what you mean. Yeah, I get exactly what you mean. It's tough. I mean, there's some other teams, but they're they're more smaller market. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Like, he can't go to Phoenix because he's redundant there. You know, you don't want to – L.A., it's too much mess. It's too messy. The Lakers are too – I mean, the hell, the saying the Lakers are more messy than the Knicks are saying something. But the Lakers are kind of messy right now. And, and the Clippers, you know, that's right. I mean, now, if there were a Seattle franchise, I could see him maybe going back home, you know. If, 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 if there's a franchise that had moved out there, I was asked, I was worried about Portland, being that it is it's it's close to Seattle. Close. That's close, right? And I think as far as and a, you have the the option to team with Dane. Oh yeah, I, I think athletically or or playing wise, I think it's a fit. But 
You'd be from Chicago to Portland. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that. I think that was that was the one I was most worried about. Okay. Was him flirting I, with with the Trailblazers? I honestly didn't. I honestly didn't think he was going nowhere unless the Bulls indicated to him that they wasn't a hundred percent sure okay. on resigning him. I just didn't see him giving up that fifth year. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I didn't. I didn't see that at all. So. Like, I kind of believe that he didn't. I'm not going to say I believe he didn't entertain. I believe when he said he had no intent in leaving. Because I don't think he was going to ever give up that fifth year to nobody. If anything, it would have been a sign of trade. And the way the offseason went, I didn't see that even becoming a possibility either. So I was like, I, my only thing, my only issue was, it felt like once the Durant news came out and it was all, and it was said that uh, Levine would resign mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, why is it taking so long for him to resign? What is going on here? Like, are they trying to work out something to get Durant? I'm like, look, we missing out on other people that we could get, we could sign Levine back and we could go get somebody else. Like, what are we doing? Like, so that's the only thing that was frustrating me. Like, okay, he said he was coming back. Like, what is taking so long to just get this done with? Like, and move on to other pieces. So that was my only thing with it. So yeah, it, I I don't know. I I was I don't think I don't think I was too worried about it. Um I know from the Bulls end, what else were they gonna do? There was right. no one out there realistically that mm-hmm. they could get that that is on a Zach Levine, an all-star caliber level like that. Right. Um, so I really wasn't I wasn't too worried about that. I was worried when, you know, there were there were the grumblings talking about, well, now it's DeMar's team. And I was hoping that that wasn't his, you know, his mindset. Right. right. Um, you know, just just with how last season played uh, played out. Um, but it's his for that. I mean, he's the highest paid player on that roster now. So it's 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 Zach's show now. So, uh mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm 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 excited about that. Um, the Bulls also, uh, while we were gone, they signed uh, Goran Dragic, mm-hmm. which to me, I I don't. Uh, it's it, it 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 brings up more of you know what's up with Lonzo, I think, than mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, will Lonzo be healthy enough to come into uh, into training camp ready to go? Um, that that was that was my first thought, and then the the drafting of Dalen Terry, uh, guard out of Arizona, a lot of guards, a lot of guards on this roster still. Uh, as of right now, Kobe's still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, sumo, sumo, yeah. Um, you got uh, Ball uh, Bandit Caruso. Caruso, yes, that's that's that was who I was coming out with next. Uh, a lot of a lot of guards on this team, not to not to mention Zach and and uh, and Demar. Is DeRozan considered a guard? DeRozan considered a four. Yeah, yeah, he's, he he slides. He's a two. He's a two, two, three. Yeah, two, he's three. a Wayne player. The, the, the game is so weird nowadays, yeah. though, because I saw guys that's shorter than Dalen Terry being that got drafted listed as Fords and he's listed as a guard. I'm like, yeah, this yeah. guy's six four listed as a Ford. Dalen Terry is six seven listed as a guard. Like 
it's just weird in the NBA nowadays. The titles are whatever they want to give. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, you know, I thought they were going to, you know, I thought Big Man was going to be the pick. So I found it interesting that they went with a with a uh with a guard slash wing player. Um well, don't forget they got pick. the they got the European guy, Simonovic. Simonovic, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why they didn't feel they needed to draft one because they kind of already had him. And he apparently supposedly put on more bulk, got a little bigger, a little stronger. Um had a good summer league. He had, okay yeah. in the summer league. I, I saw some of his play a really good passer. I mean, like like even like passing on the move, like as far as big men passing, let's say he makes the squad or he's on the squad, the active squad, I say he might be the best big man passer on the team. Uh, and and um, Vooch does some nice stuff, but this dude looks like he is like a lot more clever with his passes. Like I saw him do some in- interior bounce pass, you know, into the post on the move, you know, not just from a standing post position. He was actually, you know, maneuvering and made a nice bounce pass. I'm like, oh man, that's that's. That's one of those Tony Kukoc type kind of skills. You know, he he had some of those kind of pass. He did like a behind the back pass on a break, you know. Um, so I was like, okay, you, you know, he got that European passing flair, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I maybe, you know, maybe he might, I don't know how aggressive he is, you know, when it comes to playing real NBA players or you know, more established NBA players. Um, but you add him and Drummond. You get a little more length, if nothing else. And, and Drummond mm-hmm. definitely is a better rebounder, and you get more aggression, you know, off the backboard and and, and a, a more defensive presence. And Simonovic seems like he's – I'm not I'm not saying he's one of those pass blockers or, or one of those uh, shot blockers that, you know, makes you embarrassed because he's blocking a shot like the Kimbe used to do. But he's an effective, you know, arms get in the way and kind of alter your shot block – shot t- t- type of shot blocker. So – with his length, I think he gets you more with his length than his his, his power, so to speak. Um, so I, that looks interesting. I just I don't know what all these guards. To me, it seems like a trade is imminent. I just don't know who's getting yeah. traded. Right. Well, that's what my next question was. Do you think this is is this roster it's set and ready, roster. and ready to go? Yeah. No. <laughs> I definitely. I don't. I definitely see some moves being made. I. I think the Dale and Terry pickup is also a, 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 a what do I want to say? Something to wake up uh, Pat Will as well, I think. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I love about this kid, I mean, hey, I ain't seen much of him, but look, his motor seems hot. And, and, and he looks to have personality, like I always say. Need somebody oh, that's just gonna go out there and and just be rah rah, man. Like, and that's what he looks like to me. Yeah. So that was the one thing that excited me about the pick when I started looking him up. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing him in his highlights getting clapping on deep. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to see stuff like that. We we too nice, man. That's that just bothers me. We're way too nice. Way too nice, and we need some personality, and so I think he brings that. Yeah, that's what yeah. they say about our. That's what they say about our podcast. We're too nice. <laughs> yeah. I think we've had some hot moments. Nah, I'm teasing. Wait, wait, wait. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't listening to embarrassing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
They wouldn't. You, <laughs> GM, GM has some epic rants on it. <laughs> so yeah, so I I I hope it's not because I I feel like I almost feel like we're running it back to a certain point from from last season. Um, and like I said, we you know the Andre Drummond uh, signing is significant. I didn't realize he's only twenty eight. Really, I thought he was forty two. Really. Yeah, I, I'm joking. Wow. I thought he's like about 32, 33. So maybe, maybe right, right. So maybe, 28 is, yeah. maybe he can, you know, find a uh, 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 some type of fountain of youth or something there, considering wow. that he's still relatively young. Well, uh, here's, the, here's the thing. I'm going to take what you said as far as lighting a fire. It could be the kind of thing to push Vooch in, in, in practice. Same thing like Terry mm-hmm. be pushing – Pat, in practice, you know, I'm going to get this out of you one way to either I'm going to take your spot or you're going to keep me from taking your spot. And if you'll keep me from taking your spot, you got to come with it because I'm going to come with it every day. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, man, maybe Drummond is, like you said, I mean, he, I didn't know he realized that young. So he, yeah, he can, I didn't uh, either. Yeah, he's, he's Vooch is older than him then, right? Yeah, yeah, Vooch is in his 30s. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that that could be something. That, I'm just hoping know. it's not. And it, it should be an upgrade, an upgrade of Tristan Thompson. Uh, I'm just hoping it's not just you know, who slide and fix exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he's definitely an upgrade. He should be. Should be. Yeah, should be. He's a little more offense than that. He can actually run the floor and run the floor. <laughs> Tristan's better days of running are behind him. He kind of not that. I mean, man, he came in. You know, I, I actually liked what Tristan what Tristan did when he came in. Tried to do um, just in, yeah, just Tried in terms, yeah. just in terms of of trying to get it get this team's head right going into the playoffs um because I, I don't think they were mentally prepared and there were there were things that he did just to you know try to say hey you got to get you get you get you guys heads in the game then they realized that Man. he has no offensive skills and why is he talking you know what you know he wasn't wrong though he wasn't wrong you know the move i try to make what's that I try to figure out a way to get Pat Bev here. I wouldn't mind that. Bring him back home. I, I try to figure out a way. Now, granted, but isn't him and Caruso you, like? That's what I was about to say. Do to you say, yeah. want him and Caruso? Yeah, on the same team because they're kind of like the same. But yes, I do. F it. You Put them why? two on the floor together. Ooh wee. Mm-hmm. Somebody backcourt gonna be mad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and not only that, but because the way they play, they lend themselves to potentially being injured because they play all out. Mm-hmm. So if one's down, I got the other one. I'm not missing, you know. My Caruso brings a different they're, they're not quite redundant because Caruso is a little more offensive oriented in terms of he can knock, he can knock down some shots. Yeah. Well, I mean Bev can a little bit too, but I mean in terms I think of getting that shoots better than. Caruso, honestly. Right. Does he? I, but I, I think, yeah, Caruso, yeah I, I wouldn't disagree. I, I'd say Caruso in terms of helping the offense facilitate the offense better. Bev doesn't necessarily do that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they differ. And, and Caruso's a little bit taller, I think, too, right? He's like about yeah. an inch or two taller. But like you said, man, you you got some half. You, you put him and, and DeSumo and Caruso, and you want to go fast, get you a small, fast lineup that's that you get the dogs out and you get the jump. Man. What's the what's the dunker? What's his name? Jones. Derek Jones. <laughs> Derek Jones. You got some length out there, and then you you know Terry. It, it may not be a big group, but all of a sudden, man, they, these dudes they're just after you. You can just send them in waves. That's another mm-hmm. thing too. 
you now now you can send them in waves. You know, you can the them. way teams want to play. It's mm-hmm. going either you're gonna try to run a gun with them or you're gonna try to slow it down and go big to force us to make the sub. Right. And most teams ain't trying to do that now. Nope. Because it's hard to find <laughs> it's hard to find bigs that talented that can do the stuff that you want them to do yeah. in, in that regard. They um, they they would remind me of the Warriors before that beat Dallas. Yeah. That beat Dallas. The we believe Warriors, right. wasn't that right. what they was called? Yeah, yeah. Uh the uh the, that was the one with Barry Richardson. Davis was there and Brandon Richardson, Steven, yeah. Steven Jackson, Jackson and and yeah, yeah, Matt Barnes, all them. Yeah, they come at you in waves, man. I do. I, I, you know, I feel you on that one. B. bringing in, uh, bringing in Pat Bev back to Chicago too. Man, he'd really be acting a fool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know what? That the, the team you you wouldn't have that problem with the nice guys anymore. Definitely no, not. you wouldn't. And you and the wouldn't. rest of the, and the rest of the team would up their ante because he he would he just by his presence alone. And then Caruso would be like, yeah, what he said. <laughs> you know, just I I could see and then then our, um, our Zach and DeRozan they can they don't have to worry about the defense as much. You know, or even even like the mentality of the team being aggressive and attacking. Those guys could really more so focus on, you know, doing what they do in terms of scoring. I mean, it, I think it can help delineate some positions a little bit more in terms of your role playing. You know, it, it can definitely help out. That, dude, that's, I, the more I think about that, the more I like that. Now, hey, we got, I mean, like, legal let Drage and go as far as I'm concerned. You bring in Pat Bev, but yeah. I know you need somebody to run the offense, but I mean, Dragon ain't, Dragon doesn't spin my wheels too much. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know, man. Remember when number one, Dunked on his head. That's that's forget. the only memory I have of of, of Goran Dragic. I, I, I don't I don't think I need anything else. <laughs> he did all right with the Heat for a while, but you know that's again. I, you know, he what's rocking like thirty six? Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Last thing, some just summer league in general. Is there anything you can learn from that? How aggressive, how how com- I don't want to say how committed, but what kind of effort am, am, am I going to get from my players? Like watching T- Terry play, I, I personally when, when when we got the pick, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, another guard. Watching them play, I was like, okay, he gets after. I can see I can see him being instituted defensively more so than looking anything from offensively. But I like his length. I like his attitude, and I learned that from looking at some of the stuff during the summer league. I wouldn't have gotten that necessarily just from him playing in college, you know, because he he was it was a different role he was facilitating at that point. Here, he he knows it's like like all right, kid, you coming in, you know, you ain't the guy. You're not even the guy right. next to the guy. You're not even the guy next to the guy next to the guy. You're that other guy that's next to the other guy. <laughs> so so where are you going to commit like like you know jimmy butler where are you going to make your impact first where are you going to commit yourself first and then build build from there and it seems like he already has that mindset but i'm going to let you know i can score too but i'm going to play hard defense through the summer league if you can play hard defense in the summer league you're going to play that in the nba the summer league you know you don't have to necessarily you playing with your peers you can probably get bias on stuff but if you're really showing your all out i think you can see what kind of effort i'm going to get that's what i think you can tell to answer your question i think that's what i can tell from looking at summer league stuff over under for the uh, for the Bulls uh, total wins forty two and a half right oh, now. 
Over. Damn. Way over. Way over. Man, they, they, that's how they feel. That's disrespectful. Uh, can I wait? Can I bet on that now? I think you can. Yeah. Yeah. It was which one is that? Is that points bet or who, who's that? Uh, you, points bet. Points bet. Yeah. Let me jump on that before uh, before I go to sleep tonight. By the way, that's it. I think they're man. Their their numbers are a little low. Golden State's at fifty and a half. What? Yeah. Oh shit. I think I might take that bet, like right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, go win I'm, fifty I'm, games. I would jump. Yeah, they probably went like fifty-five or fifty-six. <laughs> fifty-five. Yeah, between fifty-five and fifty-eight games for Golden State. Just putting it out there for all you uh, degenerate gamblers out there. That, that might be a bet you want to take. Hey, let's move on to uh, the Bears, who uh, haven't made many moves. Baylor this, Bears this off season. No, not the Baylor Bears. <laughs> Not the Cow Bears. We're talking about the Chicago Bears. Oh, Chicago. Sure. I heard about them once. I read about those guys. Enkil Harry, wide receiver, former first-round pick of the Patriots, mm-hmm. traded to the Bears for a seventh-round pick. Obviously, I mean, I have no issue with that. Seventh-round pick, you, hey, if it's a hit, great. If not, we move on, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but uh, Glenn, you, I think you probably did a write up about this kid uh, a couple of years ago. Is there anything left there, you think? Yes, actually, it's before I started, I think it's a year before I started writing um, okay. in terms of the mock, mock draft stuff. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot. I, I think he's kind of got a bit of a raw, I won't say a raw deal, but I think his his image or how we perceive him, I think, is is not really fair or accurate um I, I think it's a bit skewed um i think based off of some of the the obnoxious how can i say some of the crazy numbers we've seen some of these wide receivers guys like jamar chase and justin jefferson just putting up eye-popping all-world type kind of numbers and some other receivers having big numbers like that too even as rookies we think okay if you don't do that then you're not good i'm like well their situations are are different you got you got to take the situation into into account and when he comes in with when harry comes in his, his rookie year brady's still quarterback and but the offense isn't quite the same part of the reason why he was drafted is because they needed some wide receivers and he was he had some injuries and he started a little bit later you know he didn't he didn't get the full training camp thing and he was injured kind of off and on that year and he's a rookie so it's gonna be on a not good team you know so to speak not a great team so it's gonna be some inconsistent not only that but brady's kind of like the person like i'm only gonna throw to who i trust you know, so I don't trust you yet. You got to earn my trust. You know, you're a rookie coming in to a guy who's, you know, the goat at that sport. You got to earn his trust. You know, you need to be there like every practice. You can't miss anything. And even then it's going to be difficult. So that was kind of, I don't say a wasted year, but that was a, as um, it was a, a fluctuating kind of season. And then Brady leaves. So now you come to season where you had what, three, four different quarterbacks. You know, uh, yeah. Who are the who are the camp, there camp, in camp? Cam Newton came in. You had uh, oh man, I can't remember who else was there. Uh, was it Hoyer? Was he still there? They had like two. Brian yeah, and uh, they had somebody else that was quarterbacking before Cam came in. So it was just it was a mishmash. And then you know, was it Brissett? Guys, no, no, no. It was. I know. I know. Hey, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um. I can't. I don't get me the line, so I can't quite recall. But it was just a mishmash of uh, of, of quarterbacks, and, and Cam struggled clearly. You know, he wasn't the Cam that we knew, and that's going to make your season 
off. And then they're asking you to do different things because now since Cam's there, you find yourself as a receiver blocking more downfield than you probably would have thought that you would have been doing. Um, and then you're still trying to figure out and make your mark. Not only that, but then they draft another quarter or another wide receiver. Um, Jacoby, I can't remember, out of, out of, out of, uh, out of uh, NC State, Jacoby Myers out of NC State. And he was, he had some early success. He kind of found a rhythm with whoever was quarterbacking at the time. So now one guy finds a rhythm. You're still trying to find your match. So you're, again, it's, is that, is it you? Is it the situation? It's probably a lot of mitigating factors. And then you come into last year, uh, this past season, and you got a rookie quarterback. And so early on, they're doing everything they can to protect him. They brought him about, by him, I'm talking about the quarterback, uh, Mac Jones, they, they being the, the organization, I thought brought him in the way you should bring a rookie quarterback in, you know, make things so he has success, unlike what the Bears did here. But part of that is short passes. He's not really pounding downfield. And there are times when you see Harry, he make, there are times when he makes some plays. You can see some of his NFL highlights. You're like, dude, this dude can get up and get the ball. He's got good height. He's not a burner. He's got good length. He's good height. He's got a good catching radius. He is a physical wide receiver. He can get off press coverage, and he's good in the red zone. And he had some of those kind of plays, but he had like he didn't have a thousand yards. Well, you know, Mac Jones wasn't throwing, you know, sixty times a game or forty times a game. Hey, he threw three times one time. One time he only threw two times, and they won that game. <laughs> and they won. <laughs> so, so, so again, you're talking. He's had three different quarterbacks at least, probably four or five. So what kind of rhythm are you building? And he's, he's been asked to do different things and he's had to try and figure out what he's doing. So I think the Bears did him a favor by getting him out of New England. I think New England did him a favor by letting him go and saying, okay, this wasn't working for you here. We still give, give you a chance, you're a young dude. So he, I don't think he's done anything to where he's in bad habits or developed bad habits. I think he just he hasn't been able to develop rapport. Now, we've seen other receivers move around and become borderline Hall of Fame wide receivers. We saw that with Jimmy Smith and Keaton McCardle when they both went to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville was a, was, a, um, was a new franchise. You know, they uh, Wait, where, where were they before? Jimmy Smith was a Cowboys. He was the Cowboys, I think, when they won their last Super Bowl. I think he was on that team. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Smith was the Cowboys by three or four years. And he just injuries and what have you. He just never quite was able to, to get a footing there. And Keenan McCardle had been with uh, Washington. He had been with uh, a couple of other teams. I think Cleveland, he was Cleveland, Washington, and somebody else before he came to Jacksonville. And, you know, those guys. Oh, and, I, yeah. I just I just assumed that they were always there. And No, wow, not, okay. a, not at all. Not at I all. I did not know that. All and, right. I mean, and thankfully, I mean, fortunately for them, Jacksonville was a new franchise, so yeah. an expansion team. So it gave, uh, gave a lot of people an opportunity to play. It didn't. And, those guys are like arguably, not arguably, clearly those are the two best wide receivers in Jacksonville history. Yeah, yeah. They got them to a uh AFC title game, right? Yeah, they lost to the Titans. Lost, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, could, the only team they could they lost to the Titans three times that year. The only and if they they, they beat Denver in in Denver, yeah. right? Yeah, because Shannon was, Sharp yeah. always talks about yeah. that game. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He always talks about that yeah. game. And they beat Mark the they, they embarrassed the Dolphins. Marino, I think that's Marino's last game. They embarrassed. That was the six, the sixty-one to seven game. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so those guys. So my point is, sometimes you don't really know because the situations. You have to look at everything. You can't just go off of just looking at numbers. Oh, this guy was crap. He didn't do. He only caught so many. He only had so many targets. Oh, he only played so many games. Well, okay, why? What would what were the, what were the mitigating circumstances that happened? You know, in that you know situation. So I think all that to say. I actually like them getting Harry for 
seventh round, that's fine. You know, and we've been talking about we need receivers. Now you have a bigger target. I mean, he's like he's like the tallest dude we have now. <laughs> Before we had a couple of, you know, six, some guys, you know, six foot, one guy's a little bit tall, but the other guys are like scraping six feet. Now you got a legitimate tall target. You have an end zone threat. You have someone who's a red zone threat. And you have someone who can also help with your, with your offense in terms of blocking downfield, something he did at New England. So we know he can do that. And if you go back to what Iberflu said uh, a long time ago when he first got here is that this year, this season is going to be the emphasis or, the, or a lot of the, the onus, I should say, is going to be on the running game. So now you got a guy who can help you in the running game, can help you with play action passing. That's a big enough target to help your wide receiver or help your quarterback hit a wide receiver. It's someone who can develop a rapport with somebody from scratch, starting out from scratch. And you did it early enough. You did it before you had training camp. So you did it early enough that you can see what you have here. And if, it's, if it doesn't work out, it's just a seventh round pick. Yeah, yeah. That's the key there. So I, I like yeah. it. I, I think Dudu was a beast at Arizona State. I, I think he can be I think he can be good here. And I think in a weak NFC conference, I think he can he can definitely on on, on, a, on a team that doesn't have a, a true number one. You know, he can he can definitely find his a, a place here. And that it's nothing is gonna it's gonna make the, the wide receiver room a little more challenged. I think I, I, agree. I I think I like the fact that you got a bunch of guys that can do a lot to prove themselves this season. Mm-hmm. Uh St. Brown from Green Bay, uh Pringle from, from Kansas City. Uh, uh, Darnell Mooney, I think, you know, has, has shown some things, but needs to prove that he can be a, a number one guy. Uh, Daz Newsome, the, uh, mm-hmm. he was a rookie last year out of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's like got that. something to prove. So, yeah. Cole Komet, too. Cole Komet, yeah, tight end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, but, but the key thing that you just mentioned about the three, so Nikhil Harry, mm-hmm. Pringle, same Brown, mm-hmm. all guys coming from winning organizations. Mm-hmm. That's true too. Granted, they weren't the the top. They wasn't even the top two, maybe even three in the wide receiver room. But they something can spark from those three guys from where they came from coming mm-hmm. here. You know, so. That's a that's an underrated piece that people are probably overlooking. That oh, y'all got the Chiefs fourth receiver, Patriots fourth receiver, Green Bay third receiver. But guess what? Those guys have played with great quarterbacks. And got some knowledge. And the receivers and other great receivers. Right, right. Other great receivers who were great. I mean, each probably not. But but we also said they their philosophy. I mean, like we just mentioned, their quarterback won a game where he threw three passes. Mm-hmm. Like so it's a different type of philosophy in New England. But structure, you know, structure and discipline. Yeah, you know, and then you have Devontae Adams and you know in Green Bay, and you have Kelsey and and uh Hill. Heal and KC. So, you know, like, yeah, you're going to be way down from depth charts. I mean, them guys are all-time greats. Like, so, you know, like, but something can spark, you know. I'm not saying it will, but I think 
a seventh round pick was well worth the gamble. Well worth the gamble. Absolutely. I don't even know if it's a gamble. <laughs> a seventh round pick. Like, shoot. Yeah, the, the, the previous administration did a lot, a lot worse. <laughs> right. I mean, we 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 We're drafted drafting. Kevin White. That's right. <laughs> First round. <laughs> <laughs> top 10 pick um, and just think if this does work out if some of these guys do work out let's say it's equanimous pringle and, and and harry do work out and, and you've got uh mooney and maybe das is kind of your slot guy doesn't mean you can't draft wide receiver next year and now you get a top-notch wide receiver now you come in now now you got like a legitimate you know wide receiving group that poses mismatches or matchup you know, situations that defenses have to prepare for because now you got you got fast guys, you got you know guys that run the slot, you got guys that are you know red zone targets, guys that are blocking. It, it gives you some flexibility with how you want to you know run your offense and, and and incorporate your passing game. So so yeah, man, I I I think these guys they're they're not doing it like some other teams where it seems like everything. Can, comes to get like the Jets in Jacksonville the last couple of years drafted a lot of big name talent and Miami this year got a lot of free agents and spent a lot of money so the Bears aren't doing it like that at this point in time but I think the way they're building it is building towards sustainability and not just flashing the dash and so that's that's kind of how I'm seeing this now this is being built for the long haul but without sacrificing the dignity of playing football I think you're gonna see dignified football this season well, I hope so. I'm not. I'm not expecting much from this team, but I I want to see competitive football mm-hmm. this yeah. fall. That's that's all I can ask for. We yeah. got all our draft picks coming now, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. By, if, if by all you mean a first round pick, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we do have one next year, and that's that's why I must mention wide receiver because there are probably three wide receivers off the top of my head right now that no matter where the Bears finish, and when I say no matter where they finish, I don't. I expect them to be drafting within the top 10. Top 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. That, that, that one of those three receivers should be available. Uh, the most, most notable that I would love for them to get is the guy out of Ohio State, Jackson Nigra. Um, but the kid, the Blitnikoff winner, just left Pittsburgh. He transferred to USC, uh, Addison. Mm-hmm. So he's there. And uh, there's another cat on top of my head. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. There's, there, but there are a lot. There are probably good four or five wide receivers you know, right now they look for first round draft picks coming out. So, so yeah, training camp starts in just a couple of weeks. Or actually, next week. No, next week. Next week, yeah, yeah. twenty six. We in, we in so we're, we're, it's, it's hard to believe, man. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. In mid July. So also while we were gone, uh, the Bears basically uh, told the city, yeah. We see your plan uh, <laughs> to revive Soldier Field. Yeah, we're not interested. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but the mayor's office came out and uh, they say they want to put a dome on Soldier Field, which is probably the dumbest idea I think I, I, I've ever heard of. Because that's not that's part of the issue. But not the full. That doesn't take care of all the issues that are going on with Soldier Field right now. Uh, you currently have the smallest stadium in the league. It only sits 60, I think 61,000. Something like that. Smallest yeah. stadium in the league. 
Um, you know, if you want to, if you want to build a LA Rams, what's a SoFi Stadium? Uh, the Cowboys have AT and T. If you want to do that, the the goal would be, I think, is to host the Super Bowl. You can't do that at Soldier Field. I don't care what you do, unless you knock it down and start all over, which that's They're not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So my question for for you guys as residents of the city of Chicago, do, do you care if the Bears no. end up moving out to Arlington Heights? No, I've never been to a Bears game. No way. I'll probably go then. <laughs> you go to check it out? <laughs> yeah. I mean, nostalgically speaking, a part of me would feel something's not quite right. It's like, like when the Sears Tower changed its name to the, what is it called? The Willis Tower. Willis exactly. Tower. Exactly. It just, uh, it's like it doesn't feel that the same. A, that, a, that affected you? I don't even, it's still yeah, the it Sears Tower. It didn't bother Tower. me. Everybody <laughs> talks about it, it's still the Sears Tower. Yeah, yeah it doesn't right. bother but, but, I can call it the Sears Tower. Right. As I said, I couldn't remember what it was called, but my point is, it's like, wait, you mean it's not the Sears Tower anymore? It just, it felt like, well, that's not right. And that's what I mean. It just feels like, well, the Bears not being Soldier Field, they're still going to be Chicago Bears. They're not going to change the name. They're still going to be in the Chicago land area. It's not going to change that. But it just, it's just going to feel a little different. Um, you know, driving, now I won't bemoan the lack of traffic jams when I'm driving by and the Bears are Bears. Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, a metro, a metro right away, man. Right, right. I'm just saying, I'm not going right, to bemoan the fact that there won't be any traffic. I mean, that, you know, right, going by, if I'm on Lakeshore Drive and I'm going by. He's talking about Lakeshore Drive. Oh, you're saying Lakeshore. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's what, that's what I'm saying is I'm not, I'm not going to miss that. <laughs> you know, well, you know, the so, Chicago Fire play there, you know, so they, yeah, they like, will, they no will traffic. have a tenant. Yeah. No, no, dra- no traffic. No traffic for that. For that? Okay. Yeah. No, right. no traffic chance for that. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's going to be different. Like when you watch the game and you don't see the colonnade that, you know, it's Soldier Field, it, you know, it's a little bit of that. But I can live. I, I I'm okay. You know, right, and, and, right. and and putting a dome would be stupid because now if you put in a dome, then you got to tear up the field and make it fake field again because you're not going to be able to keep the grass because that grass wasn't built to be kept indoors like Atlanta or like the Arizona Cardinals have done. That's a different kind of grass that they have to have out there because they don't. I think they're the only indoor stadium that has actual grass. You know, and because the, the grass dies, the reason why domes didn't have grass is it's hard to keep the grass alive. Arizona was a different situation. You put the dome on, and now you're talking more money. It's just it was a stupid. It was like, dude, look, I, I get Mayor Lightfoot that you're you're a sports fan, and I, I'm happy that you are, but <laughs> you know, this is like about Give twenty plus years. Yeah, it's just twenty years but, too late. Man. Remember, she came out. You know, when the when the Bears first announced that they were. Uh, Looking at Arlington Heights, she came out all big and bad, like ah, it's not going to happen, and you know, that, no, that's that's there's no chance of that, mm-hmm. and we're not going to do anything for Soldier Field. They have a, a lease agreement, and blah blah blah. Yeah, that 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 ended real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that softening came real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I I thought it was silly to come out with that plan. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I and I she probably was doing it just to save face because of how she came out, you know, originally with it, and um, she wants to uh, to appease the. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that don't want to see the Bears leave Soldier Field. Or you leave Chicago, so trying to you know appease them and tell, hey, 
I tried. Here, I put out a plan, but you know they didn't want it. Still vote for me, please. Yeah, Next year when the when the election comes, never look good when you're begging. Well, she's <laughs> she's doing that now, but uh, but yeah, it doesn't. I, when when it happened, I I was excited for it. I think I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, Detroit they, Lions. They do it there. Detroit Lions for years were in Pontiac. Didn't yeah yeah. They were still the Detroit Lions, and then they moved back. So you never know. I mean, look, yeah, it, the, the Cardinals are in Glendale. The uh, the Dallas Cowboys are yeah, Arlington. Is that Arlington? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, are they? Are the car? Are the Cardinals in Glendale or Peoria? It's not Glendale. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. Was it Glendale or Peoria? I thought, I think, that was Glendale. I thought it was Glendale. I thought Glendale. Yeah. I thought that was Glendale. Yeah. The the New York Giants and New York Jets play in New Jersey. They <laughs> play in New Jersey, exactly. So yeah, I, I think if this were 1975, it might make a difference. SoFi is not even in LA, is it? It's in Inglewood. Right. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if, if this were the 1970s or 80s, maybe that might matter to midwestern values but i think in this day and age we're like look can i get there are they still right. the chicago bears exactly. i'm good get the, get the best <laughs> land that's gonna give you the best opportunity to make something special wait you got more seats so i can actually have i can get i can get off this 25 year waiting list and knock it down about 20 years <laughs> i got a shot yeah yeah, yeah. sorry mayor life but that, that was like you said that was just hilarious uh, yeah yeah just a bad, bad move. But uh, yeah, if they go, they go. Hey, yeah, kind of like Thor: Love and Thunder. Just a bad move. Wow, wow. By the way, I saw. Um, I'm I'm trying to catch up here. I saw Spider Man: No Way Home, and I saw uh, Doctor Strange. Well, Spider Man: No Way Home is I probably the. That's the best MCU right now. Spider Man: No Way Home, the best movie that I just phase for. Everything else is like. Eh. I haven't seen Love and Thunder yet. I just heard how bad it is, but yeah, it's just so far. It's like man, I like the Doctor Strange. It was okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Sorry. I, fell, I fell asleep on it. Yeah, it was okay. No, Which I fell wait wait I fell asleep on the first Doctor Strange like three times. What? Before finally that. getting through it. Oh my god! And goodness. then yeah, I fell asleep on this one. That was good. That was Though good there were some good surprises that I didn't expect as I was you know I was waking up. <laughs> and say whoa and then i go back to sleep oh wow so we'll, we'll try it we're gonna try it again uh, at some point but yeah yeah just want to throw that out there <laughs> no problem all right uh want to move to college football yeah speaking of throwing it out there yeah the big 10 threw out a big fishing line right reeled <laughs> in <So. laughs> i uh i woke up on uh what was it it was two weeks ago Roughly, yeah. Two weeks ago, I woke up and saw that USC and UCLA saw the headline, USC and, and UCLA to the Big Ten. I honestly thought it was a joke. And I was like, ah, yeah, right. <laughs> Closed it, didn't even read the article, right? I just I knew that there's no chance, no shot of that happening. And then I saw more and more, you know, things picking up on social media, like, wait a minute, this is this is real. It's real. This is real. How 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 does that work? Uh, L.A. <laughs> so, That's the television market. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, you consolidated yourself across the continental United States. You've got 
New York market with Rutgers. You got the DC market with Maryland. And you come Midwest, you got actually got the Philly market. Got with, Philly, uh, Penn yeah. State. State. And then you come to Chicago. And then you kick all those states that don't really matter when it comes to media all the way to California. And you got, you know, LA. I mean, New York, Chicago, LA. And then you, you know, you throw in DC and, and, and Philly. It's like, really? So that's crazy, man, because, you know, but with all that money now, potentially you're talking these teams I've heard, I'm sure we've all heard that maybe each team in the big 10 can ring in a hundred million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to traveling, well, now you can see how they can afford the travel. Can afford, yeah. Yeah. Um, now I don't they, know. What they, can, they can send the lacrosse team and the gymnastics team <laughs> cross country. Potentially. I mean, yeah. if I, to me, maybe they, you know, maybe they do something where those teams don't necessarily travel, but when they need it, maybe it's a, maybe they break it off enough to where the East plays the East and the West teams that are West play West. So the travel isn't as much and maybe meet together in a championship kind of situation. But the, the closest big 10 team to LA is Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. But Nebraska's that's a long than, way, man. I, I'm not saying it's not, but it's closer than New York. That's all I'm saying. It's close. It's closer than Pennsylvania. It's, it's Nebraska, in Iowa, in Minnesota. You know, I, I'm I'm just throwing it out there. But $100 million, I mean, but, they can figure it but out. But is it – so are we concerned for the other Midwest teams or the Big Ten, original Big Ten teams? Are we concerned for the travel for L.A.? Because the other ones will be traveling. Well, everybody's got to travel out there. Them. But, yeah, you'll go out there once, but they'll be going – Back and forth. Half their season. You get yeah, what that's saying? true. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So I mean, it's not really a big deal to the original Big Ten schools. Not at it's, all. That's that's a trip that they damn near probably took anyway. You know. Well, yeah, you about, usually do. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, yeah. you took that anyway. You probably just you just now probably not scheduled you're one take, of the right, non-conference teams. Right. That's out that way. You schedule a non-conference game more Close. within your region. Yep, you know, and so, but it's for now for them though. That's the that's the thing. But hey, they the ones want. They're gonna have to take the the six hour flight from L.A. to uh, to New Jersey for Rutgers and to Maryland. In the cold, in the cold. Don't forget the weather now too. Yeah. Well, I think USC USC has played. Has USC played Notre Dame in the cold? Yeah. 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 Uh, and like I said, they do the season is the college season is over what third November. week in November. It's down to the to the maybe the, the low 40s, high 30s. I'm not saying every game every every year, but that they're gonna be those games. Yeah, they're gonna have to yeah have a it's, cold weather game. It's yes, yeah, you're it's right. It's gonna be those games, and it may be back to back. Both of them play US Notre Dame, right? Notre Dame, they play both USC and UCLA or just nah, more, more, more USC. I know USC for sure. Yeah, more USC. But I, okay, but they, yeah, they, they've played them in the past. I'm sure. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's not every year like SC though. SC even. Notre Dame is a right. That's a rivalry. Yeah, that's a rivalry. Right. Yeah, that's 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 well, a Shillelagh stick. That's a well, what that's happens those... with that? I guess. Uh, that's well, a good question. <laughs> Notre Dame to the Big Ten? Question mark. But they're in the ACC and they're the sports. Uh, right, that the other change. sports, the other sports. <laughs> yeah, a that can change, and that's another sports, but it doesn't apply to football. And see, I don't. I, here's the thing: with can the you ACC, be in two major conferences like that, though? In 
No, you, you can only. Uh, well, Willis. no, other schools do that though. Who's talking about Willis? Well, smaller schools, you'll see that they'll have like the basketball team and other one, you know, certain sect sports are in one conference, right. and then. Well, right, right, right. I mean, with with sports, yeah, I, I thought you meant. Sorry. I don't think there's. A, I don't think there's a rule stating that they have to be in in the same conference. No, 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 no. I thought you meant in terms of like Notre Dame being in one conference, and I, 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 I misunderstood what you said. But no, and there's actually been some talk that with USC and UCLA leaving, that for basketball they might bring in St. Mary's and Gonzaga. But for football, they bring in uh, uh, Boise State, uh, San Diego State. Um, I'm trying to think, what are those two schools they talk about bringing in? Um, Utah, no, it's not Utah. Um, Boise, UNLV, Fresno, and San Diego State bring those in for football. And then for basketball, bring in St. Mary's and Gonzaga. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but to your the point. St. Mary's and Gonzaga would be huge. The, the football schools do nothing. That does nothing for the pack, for the pack, whatever they're going to be. Well, it does a little bit. It doesn't, it, no, it, it doesn't replace the. You can't replace USC. It, 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 does, it doesn't replace the brand, but what yeah. it does is it replaces the market. So now you, you still get the, you still get the LA, you still get a California market because you, you get a better, you, you don't have LA, but you got San Diego and you bring in Fresno. So if you don't have LA, those are some, equitable cities to some degree and then boise has a bit of a market in of itself in that, in that reason and you have the vegas market which you bring in ulv so no in totality it doesn't doesn't you know make up for the brand that's lost but it gets you those markets and that's that's kind of what they're trying to do but again that's just something just wow that's just something out there i mean the pac-12 might you know might get gobbled up by the big 12 now the big 12 is looking a little bit Better now, potentially. Now the Big 12 is like, well, hey, uh, Arizona, Arizona State. Hey, what, Utah, Colorado. What does, what does Oregon do? That's a great question. They, they might join the Big 10. I was, I'm shocked that, 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 didn't, that they weren't part of the package. They didn't need them just yet. They just wanted to do this. They, getting Securing LA made the most sense right now. And we'll see what happens after that. Because they don't, they don't have to have Oregon. Not securing field night. That's what the, that's where I was going to go. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, but you, when you're the Big Ten, you don't True. have to have it. You yeah, know, you don't have to have it. You know, you already most of your schools is already yeah Nike schools anyway. Probably, you, you, so. you may find them coming to you saying, "Well, hey, Big Ten, let's make a deal. Let's sit down." Or the Pac-12 might absorb more than Mountain West. I mean, and then Oregon and Utah, I'm not Oregon, Utah, but Oregon and Washington become, you know, the recruiting, major recruiting uh, schools in that conference now, mm. you know. And then Phil Knight, you know, Oregon becomes the, the IT team. They become the USC in a sense, you know, as far as being the IT team in that, or the IT school in that, in that uh, potential conference. They, they, they aren't the IT school right now? No, I mean in terms of having on-field success, yeah. But USC is a sleeping giant. There's a reason why USC went and got Lincoln Riley. You know what I'm saying? Before before the Big Twelve, before the Big Ten thing happened, getting Rick Lincoln Riley, all of a sudden USC is that sleeping giant nobody wanted to mess with. Now all of a sudden USC was right back on the map because you saw after Lincoln Riley got there, not only did he bring some of the players that he recruited at Oklahoma with him, 
he got Addison, the, the Blitnikoff winner, to leave Pittsburgh and to come out to USC. And they already had other wide receivers there. And he got a couple other transfers, notable transfers too. So yeah, USC was still the it's school. It's it's like Texas. Texas is Texas has been sucking for a long time, but Texas is still Texas. Yeah, Oklahoma was there, but Texas is still Texas. <laughs> you know that rivalry isn't the Oklahoma. It's not Bedlam rivalry that that that, that moves the big that moved the Big Twelve. Bedlam is Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. It's a nice rivalry, but the Red River rivalry, Oklahoma, Texas. Even when those teams suck, it's still the Red River rivalry. Like Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State's always going to be Michigan, Ohio State. Alabama's always going to be Alabama, no matter how bad, no matter how many probations, like Kentucky basketball. How many times has Kentucky basketball been on probation? It's still Kentucky basketball. So, mm, so Are they? Dude, well, my point is, yes, you, you might have a lull here and there, but it's still Kentucky. It, it, Kentucky can bounce back quicker than most anybody else can. I, I, I give you that. And that's, that's what I mean when I say it's it's always still going to be that school. Like, Michigan hasn't been great for a long time. It's still freaking Michigan. It's still Michigan. You know, it's still it's still that school. All right. So, with, with you know, the NCAA and, and all the conferences, you know, the realignment stuff and tinkering with, with you know, what has been the, the traditional uh, college landscape, I got a little bit of an idea on where college football should go here in the future. All right. Okay. All right. I'm listening. Since everything is being consolidated as it is at this point, I think that there should be a move to 60 Division One A, you could call it, schools, right? Two separate conferences, 30 schools apiece. You follow me there? Yeah, so a power two conference is what you're saying. Yeah, two conferences, all right? Okay. 30 schools each, 15 on each side. Got yep, you. all right. Then the rest of the current 1A FBS schools in tier two. Okay. So your your MAC schools. Let me, your, let, me, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do, these, can, do any of these schools have a chance to go from one tier to the other? Or hold on, hold on. You get going uh, on. I'm hey, jumping hey, here. Hey, okay. jumping right. here. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Let commission speak. Let commissioner speak. Tier two has your, your, your MAC schools, your Mountain West schools, your Sun Belts, you know, okay. your American Conference, okay. all those in tier two. All right. All right. You have your tier three, which is the current FCS one double A. All right. So three tiers. Three tiers. Three tiers. All right. You do a playoff in all three tiers. The last two teams in each conference in tier in tier one or tier A, whichever you want to call it. Move down. The top four teams from tier two will move up at the end of the year. So there will be relegation involved and so forth and so on. So relegation in college football. Like soccer. Yes. Exactly. Like, 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 like Premier League soccer. Okay. It was 131 FBS schools right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many FCS schools there are. Um, so how? Well, 
that. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, I understand this is a pipe dream because you got schools that are guaranteeing themselves $100 million by being a part of the Big Ten. They're not going to want to relegate themselves at any point. Right. So one thing you can count on is the greed of, <laughs> of the schools and, and the fact that a lot of these guys don't want to really – they don't really like playing with each other. I mean, think about some of these conferences. They poach teams from other conferences. Like, you think the Pac-12 feels good about some of the Big Ten teams? I want to work with you. You bastards just took USC and UCLA. You think the Big 12 feels good about the SEC? You bastards just took Texas and Oklahoma. Well, I want to work with you. So, so yeah, getting everyone to agree on a slice It's of not going to happen, but if they were smart, and if I were the football czar, which I'm, I'm, I'm running for that next time it comes up, <laughs> what, please support I, me. It might come out soon, sooner than you think. There has been talk about trying to have like a body, like an august body of, of like teams from each conference or someone representing the, 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 t- the 10 conferences, basically, at FBS, uh, Power Five and the other five, and, and having one person kind of be like the commissioner, so to speak. Um, but that might not happen until it comes to a situation where maybe the schools look at the players as employees, and then that changes everything. Because right now, the schools can't pay the NIL stuff. That's got to come from outside the school because the school's still trying to there's a whole lot, a lot of antitrust stuff that the schools don't want to get caught up in as far as antitrust laws they lost a couple of these cases with the the Austin case and the Sherman the Sherman Act coming into play when it came to the Austin case and also the O'Bannon case right. against, the, against the NCAA so and right now with these conferences four out of the five have basically have commissioners who've only been in positions three years or less so you don't have the same type of traditionalists that you might have had before where things were done for the good of college football. Right now, it's for the good of the conferences. And that's kind of where the focus has been. That's why you see this poaching happening on a large scale. You know, um, So, yeah, getting everybody to play together, that's, that's going to be difficult. Um, plus, you got outside factors like Congress. Um, kind of nosing their names in and, and in the courts as well, you know. So, and then the NIL stuff. So, this man, college football, it, it is rapidly changing faster than people can, can kind of gather and put their head on. But one thing for certain, man, um, if you don't offer any kind of uh, package or deal that can make a conference better, they're not looking at you. <laughs> so you know if, like, and this is what makes the ACC so potentially problematic and dangerous for themselves and for the college community as, as a whole because you've got the, uh, the grant of rights I think it's called and basically what that does for an ACC all those those schools that are there I think it's up until 2036 before that is, that agreement is done basically any of those schools leave you can leave but we keep your media rights Really? Yes. And that's why you don't see anybody poaching the schools from the ACC at this point. Well, the the problem... So when did that come into play? When did that come into play? I'm not certain when they signed that, but there's still 14 years years left of that uh, grant of rights and also 14 years left of their agreement with ESPN. Well, I was going to say... So I I asked because, because Maryland, like, do they have their rights or did they leave before that? They may have left before that happened. I think when that, that last, caused it. That, yeah, I think that that last foray when school like when Rutgers and Maryland joined it, mm-hmm. they, 
And I, so I think that that's probably, I think Maryland might have left before that happened. Yeah. I, th- I thought I read somewhere ESPN is trying to get out of their ACC deal. They may be trying to, but that grant of rights and the contracts are contracts. So, so they're going to have to offer something. Because you think, you think about the ACC, the only major media market in the ACC is Atlanta. No, we still and got Miami. Uh, still got Boston. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. You still got Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, you got Pittsburgh slash Philly. You got Pitt. You got Miami. You got Atlanta. You got Boston. You got Raleigh Durham. That's not a major market. No. Okay. I'm just. I'm, t- I'm talking top, top 20 market. Boston, okay. Miami. Okay. Boston, Miami, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. And, and, and Philly to some degree because you got uh, Pitt. I know Pittsburgh and Philadelphia aren't the same, but I'm just saying you're in the state of Pennsylvania, so you know you, you might you, regionally you might be close. No, enough. those are different. Those are different markets. I was trying to help them out. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah. So in Notre Dame, and the reason why Notre Dame is so interesting in a way, and why Notre Dame doesn't have to make a move just yet, and they can kind of sit back and kind of wait and see where they want to go or who comes to them with a really good deal. Is that Notre Dame has a thirteen billion dollar endowment, so they're good. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the TV contract. They just get thirteen billion like every year. <laughs> so, it. Long yeah. story short, the GM has just said that my my ideas <laughs> is ridiculous. Thank it, you. It's, it's not. It's not ridiculous. Thank when you. the new when the new NCAA football game comes out, I think we will implement your idea. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. So that's 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 where I'm at. That's where I'm at. We got, by the way, one more year to go. By the way, yeah, next next spring, right? I'm, I'm next, excited. Next, yeah, next next summer. Next summer. Next summer. Next summer. Yeah. Next summer. Yeah. Next summer. I'm excited about that. Hey, right, let's move on. Final topic. Let's talk a little baseball here. We're at the All Star break, and uh, your New York Yankees smoke look like they're they're running away with this thing, man. That's, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a, we gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna just wait to see what happens uh, in the end. Come on, man. Stop but, being humble, man. Exactly. But, false modesty but, here. But, but, yeah. <laughs> we kicking ass. Man, oh, thank you. You know, we kicking yeah. ass. But, but, hey, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm consistent. It all, it don't mean nothing until we finish the deal. Well, it's not how you but start, I, it's how you finish. It's how you finish. But I love what I'm seeing. Love what I'm seeing. Yeah, looking oh. good. 13 games up on the Rays. And, uh, but by the way, hell of a division. Those Baltimore Orioles. Crazy. That is crazy. Hell Man, that division. division. I've never seen baseball have a division like that ever. Not at, not at the break where every team is 500 or better. I've never seen that. With that the is teams. crazy. That, that is wild to well, me. Remember the NL Central, um, a couple of years now, they had, they had the bottom was bad, but right. three bottom. teams won. Close to 100 games. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm not saying there hasn't been some divisions where you've seen some. Teams. That was the case with the AL East last year, though. Right, because you had the you had the the Rays, Toronto, and the, and the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. No, not Toronto. One, it went Toronto didn't make it last year. No, but it as far the, as being, it was Boston because Boston beat us in a, a wild card. Oh, Boston made it. okay. Well, yeah, but Toronto was right there. You know, but Toronto was right there. Right, but now for, for Baltimore, man, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for this. About time. 
Yeah, and they had number they had number one pick yesterday too, right? The Baltimore had, Did they had a number one pick. Uh, I know uh I know Matt Holiday's son was went number one. I didn't know Baltimore. Yeah, uh, yeah, he went to work to the Orioles. Okay. Yeah. You 46 and 46, and you got the number one pick. <laughs> Things are looking That's, looking good. Yeah. And, yeah. and you and you got you got you got you got you got a, a, a prodigy and a, a legacy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Matt Holiday. You had you had there. you had four four. Four former major leaguers' sons were drafted in the first round. One being Chicago native Lou Collier, Cam Collier, was drafted number 18 overall to the Cincinnati Reds. But, yeah, it's crazy. And, and, I mean, I'm probably running right now, but four of the first five picks or five of the first six picks were all African-American. Really? Yep. Yeah, I didn't realize. Is he the four of the first five or five of the first six? That's good to hear. Yeah. Outside of Matt Holiday's son, uh, yeah. Drew. Well, you know what? I can't say. Yeah, Andrew Jones' son is. I guess that's more minority, not African American. Right. Andrew Jones is African American, but then you had Kumar Rocker, Termar Johnson, right, and uh, Elijah Green. They're all African American. Yes, that's pretty good, man. That's cool. That's cool. All right. So, yeah, Yankees way out in front in the East. Um, it looks like our White Sox have uh, picked things up. They're back to 500 and only three games back. They're in striking distance. Well, definitely in striking distance. And speaking like it's not how you start, how you finish, they definitely started really crappily. But they finished the first half a lot stronger. And no, they took it to Minnesota. I mean, they – Minnesota got that one game. Yeah. It wasn't like the other ones were really that close. And the White Sox whooped that ass last night or maybe the day before, you know, or yesterday, I should say, on Sunday. Uh, and Dylan Cease, I, again, Cease explained to me why he's not the all-star game. I can't understand it. You lead the league in strikeouts, and you have a sub-3 ERA, and you're not in the all-star game? What's this, when does that happen? And you need to play in a market like Chicago? Since when does that happen? But um, anyway, that's fine. Rest your arm. Take take the break. Don't worry about it. But uh, he he definitely showed it because the White Sox. They, it was I thought it was important they came back and 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 won that game the way they won it decisively yesterday because it was like you know to win the first two like they did and lose one you're like okay if they were to just break even you you know not that you lose the momentum but you don't have the same kind of steam behind it like you would have. Or like they have now, I think they got some steam behind it now because it's like we took it to the team that's leading our division, and we scored. They scored like what forty-one runs, I guess, or something like that, in, over the weekend. So they average about ten runs a game in a four-game series. Man, that's that's impressive, man. And um, they and even they're still not completely healthy, but you know you can tell that this team is feeling more confident about how they want to go about approaching. Uh, the rest of the season, and uh, I think those guys who who are a little bit nicked up will come back. I still don't. Did anybody hear what was going on with uh, Robert? See, I, don't, I don't think I don't think they've they've really said anything. Because this is what I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's not vertigo. Um, why do I say that? Because he mentioned lightheadedness and the way he came at the ball when it was hit to him. He seen because you know he's a Gold Glove outfielder. The way he came at it, it was it wasn't like he 
got there late. It's like he couldn't quite get a read where the ball was. And it just it seemed it seemed awkward. And then when, the he, next, when he turned around, it seemed like he was he was just out of it. Right. Yeah. And, and and then the next day he he didn't play. That was Saturday. That was happening on Friday night. Saturday he didn't play, and they said they were still doing testing. And he just said lightheadedness. Now, I personally suffer from vertigo. I've got like a more acute form of it. And it's like an inner ear thing for those of you who don't know. And it's a, so it's like your inner ear is equilibrium, equilibrium dis, you know, dissonance that's not quite where it needs to be at times. And sometimes the weather, like the barometric pressure, can affect it. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is that I've been dealing with it, struggling with it a little bit today, the last week or so. I know enough to kind of keep it from getting a hold of me, but the weather's been kind of, it's not about being hot or cold, it's about the pressure. And, and the weather here has been a little unusual, unseasonably cool for July. And Midwest weather, sometimes regionally, it happens kind of sim- similarly. So I'm wondering if, if he has a little bit of that, that could be the case potentially, and they're trying to figure it out and they'll know quite what it is. And if he's never had it, he's not going, he's like, I don't know, I just feel dizzy, I feel lightheaded. And that's kind of what you say, I don't know, I feel dizzy, I feel lightheaded, I don't know what it is. So I'm hoping that's not the case. And if it is, sometimes it can be a mild case. Sometimes they can figure it out and you'd be fine. I just don't want to develop because, you know, Jamal Mashburn ended up retiring because he could never, he, he had a, he had a different, he had a, he had a, like a vertical that was affecting him. It was called a vertical vertical that he had that was affecting him. He ended up retiring early. So I hope it doesn't. Mm. It, I'm, I'm, this is mass speculation, everybody, <laughs> you know, but just kind of going off of the way he came at the ball. I know what I've gone through. And I know how sometimes the weather can can be a, a playing factor in it, and it didn't really hit to me until I got into my twenties. He's in his twenties, so hopefully that's not the case. But outside of that, because every time the White Sox are doing good, somebody gets hurt. Somebody's gone. Yeah, whether it's yeah. Eloy, uh, Yasmani Grandal, who should be back uh, at the after the break here. He looked good in uh, in his uh, rehab stint in Birmingham and in Charlotte. So he should be back. And uh, yeah. Mendick, everybody. But uh, is, we Mendick, is Mendick going to be back? No, no, no. But I'm just saying, every oh. time someone starts to do oh, somebody, well, yeah, just yeah. into the rhythm, all of a sudden, you know, something happens. So hopefully that's not the case. But we can't cry because the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays, they got like about 20 guys on IL and they're still playing. Yeah, they're still playing hard. So. You know, ain't nobody go, ain't nobody gonna cry for us, especially not no Yankee fans. Ain't that right? Ain't that right, B? You right? Because <laughs> that because y'all division, we got four teams that'll probably be leading that division. Wow, really? Is that what we're doing? Now? <laughs> so that's how we gonna that's how we gonna handle this. Hey, you only you only. <laughs> You only play the cards that are dealt to you, man. Nice rabbit punching. That's true. That is true. Only play the cards that, that are dealt to you. Hey, we got a homework assignment. Uh, the captain, 30 for 30, premieres tonight. Uh, episode seven, it's seven episodes, right? Seven part. Seven, seven part. Oh, yeah. He's got seven. Or eight part. See, seven part or eight part. Five. Okay. We're talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? We're talking about Derek Number two. So, yeah. So, we can watch that. We're going to uh, give our critique of it next time we talk, of at least uh, the first two the first two episodes um, that are shown. Are they showing and the first two tonight? I think. Or just one. 
Okay. Wait, is it gonna be is it gonna be seven weeks? I think uh, they I think they skip over the Miami fiasco. The years in Miami, I think they skip over that fiasco. The Miami years. <laughs> Wait, let me pull it up as, here on the preview. As, guy. As Hold as on. The GM. <laughs> yeah, as a GM. I'm doing my little digs. I mean, as the owner part owner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, wait, the home run derby went long, so uh, I can't see it on here. Yeah, because I got it going on stream. Uh, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. The captain. Episodes. Oh, they only given us one episode here. So, yeah, it's going to be each week. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Thursday is episode two. And then the 28th will be episodes three and four. So there you go. All right. All right. All right. So, yeah, we'll have we'll we'll, we'll have a a, a big chunk of it that we can talk about when we come back. All right. But uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Easy Smoke and the GM podcast. Thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate it. You can catch us on Apple. Man, it's been a long time since I did this. Spotify, <laughs> Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can also catch us at hp53productions.com. There you'll find a link to our podcast as well as the Super Duper podcast hosted by Rob Griggs and the Father Good podcast hosted by Marshall Givens and Kenny Stevenson. Yo, Glenn. What up, what up? Please take us out. Hey, it's like we always say. We ain't saying we're right. We just don't think we're wrong. We'll catch you next week. Catch you next week.